Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah, right, here we go. Welcome into the show. Another day here on the last lap until 11 o'clock Central Time. Seth Dunlap with you. Boy, it's going to be a fun night. We've got the NBA Finals Game 6 in the Oracle. Final game ever in Oakland at the Oracle. It's going to tip off here momentarily. We'll have analysis, and we'll cover that one with you. It's going to be pretty fun. Um, and, and usually I set up a long introduction to the show here, but because the game's about to tip off, I wanted to do this first. What I want to do is, first we're going to, we're going to give our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll for you, which is who wins tonight? Raptors or the Warriors? That's up at www.com, the radio.com app. And I just want to know from you. I want to hear some predictions from you for tonight's game. Massive game out in Oakland. It looks like the Raptors are, I want to say, uh, excuse me, the Warriors are two and a half point favorites. Are they still? Yeah, they're still two and a half point favorites. So I want to know who wins tonight. Give me a little breakdown of this game. I want to hear from our audience. I've given you my breakdown of this series and this game the last couple of nights. So this is up to you to open our show for really the first uh, little bit of the program. 504-260-1870. That's 504-260-1870. The text line is 870-870. You tell me. It doesn't have to be long. We can rapid fire these. Who wins tonight? And tell me why. Of course, we're going to cover Saints minicamp. Camp wrapped up today out in Metairie. High praise from Sean Payton going towards Alvin Kamara and high praise going from Drew Brees, who is back at camp today, over to Teddy Bridgewater. We'll get to that a little bit later this hour. Jacques Doucet is on the program, sports anchor and reporter for WAFB Channel 9 in Baton Rouge. We've got Nathan Brown of The Advocate. We're going to talk Pelicans and Anthony Davis trade. Then I had, just minutes ago, a fascinating conversation with Robin Fambro, who covers high school athletics for The Advocate over in Baton Rouge, and the LHSAA earlier this week, they had a meeting, and coming out of that meeting were reports that they're exploring options to end the select, non-select, or the public-private split, and how that might look, and also discussions on well, how exactly are they going to implement this crazy new policy that came out in April that all of the championship events across the state in every sport starting next year could be held at home sites for schools. So, for example, John Curtis, if they're in a state championship game, instead of going and playing to the Superdome, they could play over at, I don't know, Joe Brown or Yenny or wherever they decide. Basically, both schools would have to decide and agree upon a place to play and split the cost. What this means is we're going to see the evaporation and really the destruction of the traditional championship events that we've seen, or at least that's how it looks right now. So I had this conversation with Robin. We're going to play it in the 10 o'clock hour for you. It's it's incredible, and this is just – it's fascinating to watch because it's it's kind of leaving a black eye on high school sports in the state. I mean, it just really is. And I don't have a lot of people tell me across the state that they're pro-split – or they don't want championship events to be played uh, in the Superdome or the Cajun Dome or wherever it is, but that's that's where we're headed right now. 
So that's our show tonight for you. And the Raptors up 8 nothing, eight straight points to open that game. 10.30 to play. So just a minute and a half into that game. Kyle Lowry, 3 of 3. He has all 8 points. So the much maligned Kyle Lowry after that last shot in Game 5 from the corner that was trip tipped by Draymond Green. Uh, it's playing pretty well tonight. 8 nothing. Uh, Raptors. Quick start out there. And, and the interesting part about this game is the Raptors have won both games in Oakland in this series. Raptors are 1-2 and two at home. They're 2-0 and oh on the road. Kind of weird, right? Turnover by Clay. so here come the Raptors again. And, boy, I, I, I thought that uh, Golden State would kind of run away in this game or win this game, but right now, as Kawhi misses a three, now it's all Toronto. And we'll keep an eye on that one, obviously, for you uh, throughout the night. We've got some predictions coming in on the text line from the 504. Raptors win. Anthony Davis, still a big baby. Text from the 985, hey, Seth, why don't you remind the crowd how you predicted the Warriors in five games? LOL, just busting your chops. I absolutely did, although I didn't predict all the injuries. So there, there's my built-in excuse, right? I didn't think Clay would miss a game and be banged up. I didn't think Kevon Looney would be banged up and all these players. You knew KD would maybe not come back. But, yeah, no, the Raptors have played, played well. My prediction was wrong, very wrong, no doubt about it. Another three, is that Lowry again? Well, if Lowry plays like that, it's 11-2, to two, and that was another three. He's 4-4 four of four from the floor. Holy smokes. He has 11 points in 2 minutes and 20 seconds in this game. <laughs> yeah, we the North coming down south. Incredible stuff. Incredible stuff, and now they're playing some defense. Of course, Anthony Davis' trade news is front and center across the NBA if you're not talking about the NBA Finals, and the reports coming out today, uh, earlier from Mark Stein, I think was the first to report this, and then also you had Woj tweeting out some of the same type of stuff, that the Boston Celtics just aren't. They are not deterred in their pursuit of Anthony Davis just because you had Rich Paul dropping the nuclear bomb in Sports Illustrated yesterday. Yesterday, Rich Paul, in that article, saying that, well, the only destinations for AD where he will sign long-term are the Lakers and the Knicks. We went over this yesterday. We were wondering, will this affect the leverage that the Pelicans have? You would think almost certainly it would have, but at least from Boston's perspective and the reports coming out of there, yeah, they're not they're not deterred. Now, what they're not quite ready to give up is the combination of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and multiple picks. That's kind of their line. It sounds like that David Griffin and Danny Age are negotiating over. Jason Tatum has got to be part of that deal. Absolutely has to be part of that deal. There's no doubt about it. And remember, David Griffin, that's the guy that he covers the most in the league, at least according to reports. I still believe that the Boston Celtics are your favorites to land Anthony Davis. I gave you some percentages yesterday. I'm pretty much the same. I think it's something like the Boston Celtics, about 45% favorites to land AD. Maybe the Lakers around 30-35%. And then the field, the rest. And the field would include teams like the Knicks and, and maybe the Nets. Now, there's one player who the local fans and and media have kind of conglomerated around that they really want to see in a Pelicans uniform. I threw cold water on that today on Twitter, earlier today, and I want to explain on air and throw cold water on it here on air. 
I want to get to that in just a second. We're going to take an early break and then more Pelicans and Anthony Davis discussion when we come back here on The Last Lap. Welcome back to the show. Golden State now finally getting it in gear just a little bit, but still a five-point lead for the Toronto Raptors, 17-12 to midway through the first period. We told you Kyle Lowry going off, capital O-F-F, in this first quarter with 11 points. He leads all scores. Siakam with six, so they have all the points, Lowry and Siakam. For the Raptors, for the Warriors, you have four points for Iggy, four points for Kevon Looney, who's in the starting lineup. Nice to see him back. And then two points for Steph Curry. And remember, it's in the Oracle. Golden State, two and a half point favorites here. You had the great start by Toronto, but it's been weathered by uh, Golden State. Game six of the NBA Finals. We'll have all the updates here for you throughout the show. And that game almost certainly will be completed before our show ends. So keep it right here. I told you on Twitter, I, I, I said, all right, I'm going to do it on Twitter. I'm going to throw cold water all over one of the trade packages that has been bandied around in New Orleans. And I know a lot of you listening, we got a lot of Pelicans fans in our audience because we've been talking about this so much on our show. I know you listen for our Pelicans coverage. Um, so take this as my opinion and just my opinion because that's what I'm paid uh, to give. I am not disparaging anybody else's opinion on this. I'm giving you my opinion. But I do not understand why Bradley Beal has become the main focus for Pelicans fans and in a lot in the media here as a, a possible centerpiece of a trade for Anthony Davis. Now, Bradley Beal is a fantastic player. He, he really is. I'm not, and I'm also not trying to disparage Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's a guy who averaged 25 points a game this last season, shot 48% of the, from the field, 35% from three, although that's down from his career average. He's a very good two guard. Doesn't play the one. He's not a point guard. He's a two guard, kind of the same slot that Drew Holiday would play, although, of course, Drew could play the one in that scenario. Not ideal, but it could happen. I get it. But here's the thing with Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal only has two years of team control left, and then he'll be an unrestricted free agent. I don't understand why you would trade Anthony Davis for a guy who has only two years of team control left and might not be around through the rebuild. And remember the comments from David Griffin earlier, and he says uh, when they knew you were going to get Zion, he said, we want to get guys here who we can build around Zion, young guys who can grow with him. That's not Bradley Beal. Griffin and the Pelicans assuredly want as many young assets back that they have as many years of team control possible left. Guys with the four years of the rookie deal plus the four years of the RFA deal, the restricted free agency deal. Getting Beal wouldn't accomplish that. And remember, you'd be trading one year of team control for Anthony Davis uh, for two years of team control with Bradley Beal? I don't understand the local group think on this. They've gone all in on Beal. And, and I understand you can convince me otherwise. I'm just giving you my opinion. I'm not disparaging anybody else. I don't have a monopoly on great opinions here. I don't exactly know what this trade package is going to look like. But to me, this is one of the worst ones that I've seen. And I think David Griffin probably feels the same way. And then I got replies on Twitter today, at Seth Dunlap, a lot of them, saying, well, how can you be sure Bradley Beal's going to be gone? I would assume, and this is the commenters saying this, I would assume that Beal would just resign with the Pelicans. 
David Griffin's here. Look at the organization. We got to step back here from our excitement around David Griffin and the Pelicans. We really do. I'm as excited as anybody. I've talked about it every single day on my program, what this franchise looks like now, what David Griffin has done in rebuilding and remolding this franchise very quickly into a much more desirable destination for coaches, front office staff, executives, and certainly players. Get all that. It's It's been incredible to watch. But we've got to step back here. And realize, yes, the history of this franchise. Until that changes, until you have a different precedent with the Pelicans, we've got to be realistic about what we have here with New Orleans. And that is the history of max level unrestricted free agents wanting to get out of town. There's been a long history of that. Guys who are entering unrestricted free agency are close to it Not a single one of those guys has wanted to stay here in New Orleans. Drew Holiday, big-time deal, not a max deal kind of guy. Bradley Beal is going to be a max-level unrestricted free agent. He's going to command a max-level deal, just like Anthony Davis is. How can we sit here and expect that Bradley Beal in two years just because David Griffin's here just because Zion's here well we got to be pretty positive that we're positive that that Bradley Beal is going to resign now if behind the scenes David Griffin has some assurances that Bradley Beal is going to resign that makes this deal a little more uh, maybe a lot more palatable to me to be honest but also you have to remember the age difference Zion Williamson's going to be 19 Bradley Beal is going to be 26 That means a handful of years into Zion Williamson's career when the Pelicans will finally be hopefully a championship contender. It's not going to happen the first two years if Bradley Beal was here. The Pelicans aren't going to be a championship contender next year. The Pelicans aren't going to be a championship contender the year after that. So by the time that the Pelicans have built a core good enough and solid enough and deep enough to compete for championships and compete in the Western Conference, you're going to have Bradley Beal around 30 years old. You're going to have Drew Holiday 32, 33 years old. Are those the guys that you want around Zion Williamson? I mean, we got to really ask that. Is that how you build long-term success, long-term championship-level success in New Orleans. That is the anti-Golden State Warriors philosophy. I wrote a very long piece earlier this month, I guess it was last month now, about why the Pelicans need to take a page out of the Golden State Warriors book and build through the draft and with very young players. You've got to throw as much stuff against the wall and hope enough of that sticks around the guy that you think is a sure thing in Zion Williamson. That's what the Warriors did. They drafted Steph, and then they drafted Clay, and then they got lucky with Draymond in the second round. And then once they saw they had a core that was competitive in the playoffs and pretty close to a championship-level team, Then they made the trade for Andre Iguodala. That looking back looks like one of the great trades of this decade. It wasn't until they had that core that they made that trade. And certainly it was after that that they started luring big-time free agents to Golden State. 
You cannot build backwards. I know David Griffin knows this. I'm, I'm certain of it. I'm trying to preach to all the Pelicans fans that are in our audience every night. You cannot screw this up. And here's my fear with Bradley Beal, as this has gotten so much traction over the last few days. If you make a trade and Bradley Beal is the centerpiece for it, if it's Anthony Davis or Bradley Beal, and just as an example, you make that trade with the Lakers, AD goes to the Lakers, you get Bradley Beal, you get the fourth overall pick, and you get, I don't know, Brandon Ingram back. And maybe some ancillary piece. If in two years, Bradley Beal does not re-sign with the Pelicans, folks, that's going to look like the worst trade in NBA history or one of them. If you gave up Anthony Davis, again, you've got one year of team control left of AD. If you give up Anthony Davis for one extra year of Bradley Beal, when you're trying to build long-term around Zion Williamson, I could blow up in your face. You've got to be sure, and I'm talking about 100% sure, that Bradley Beal signs here. And even if you're sure of that, I'm still not sold that that's the deal that I would take if I'm the Pelicans. So that's my thought, and you give me yours. We're going to open up the phone lines at 504-260-1870. That's 504-260-1870. And, of course, our text line is open at 870-870 here on the last lap. 2520. Raptors in the lead. We've got Mark Gasol at the free throw line trying to add to that, and he does, so 26-20. to 20. Let's go to Lewis in Oklahoma on the phone lines. Lewis, what's going on? Hey, Seth. How you doing, bud? Hey, I'm good. What's up? Nothing. Um, I agree with everything you just said, but at this, I, I, everything you just said. But what, what I guess I think of is it seems like we always are saying, you know, we have to time down and have a good long thing because they'll leave on us. Like, what can we do where our first thought isn't if we don't have them for, you know, a long contract, they're going to leave on us. We, you got to build that it. Make sense yeah, no, I- it absolutely makes sense, Lewis. And I think eventually that transition will happen. And that is a great point. Like, you can't have this underdog mentality forever where you're worried about everybody getting out of town. But here's the thing, going back to Golden State, I think people forget this, especially the really young people in our audience who may have just really tuned into the NBA when Golden State got really good. From about 1975 to 2010, Golden State was one of the laughing stocks of the NBA. Nobody wanted to go to Golden State. Nobody wanted to get traded to Golden State. No free agents were going to Golden State. Relatively here, I'm speaking in generalizations, but that was true for about 35, 40 years. They started winning and everybody wants to go there. You have to build a winner, right? The old saying, you build it, they will come. If David Griffin shows potential free agents and guys who are approaching the end of their contract and want to get traded, that the Pelicans are serious, a serious organization who has the infrastructure, the coaching staff, the front office, and the players here to compete for championships, eventually, and maybe in soon order, in short order, you're going to get guys who want to come here and want to re-sign here. Maybe that is Bradley Beal. Maybe Beal would come here. He sees Zion and Drew, and they start winning, and they make the playoffs, and they got all these young assets, and all of a sudden they're competitive early, and Beal thinks they can win a title, and he resigns. But until that happens, that is a massive, massive gamble to make. It's almost like, I don't know, you hit double zero on roulette, and then all of a sudden, instead of taking your winnings, you go ahead and, and parlay that because you want the, the, the massive win instead of taking your win. 
Back in 60 seconds. Yeah, the countdown is on. The watch is on. When will Anthony Davis be traded? We expect it to be relatively soon. I mean, really, it could break any time from now through the draft. We expect it to be completed before the draft. At least that's what the indications are. If it doesn't, then you're going to be waiting until July almost assuredly. But the odds are it's going to happen here within the next week. So we're on high alert. We'll come back to the show. 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. We're talking about possible Anthony Davis destinations. And just told you why I'd, I would prefer not to have Bradley Beal as the centerpiece. I could see that being disastrous. Text from the 985. Best opportunity the Pelicans have ever had. Be patient. I completely agree. That was what I was imploring here. Be patient. You cannot screw this up. We love the Pelicans here, and we've defended them, but let's be honest, they screwed up the Anthony Davis era, and that's why he's leaving. Text from the 504, I see your point. What do you suggest? Well, if you're talking about a non-Bradley Beal deal, I'll tell you this much. The one that I ripped yesterday, remember the, the, the trade proposal that I ripped yesterday from the Lakers that Mark Stein tweeted out? Not ripping Mark Stein, he was just reporting what he's hearing. Mark Stein reported that the Lakers are willing to offer Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and the number four overall pick. I said that wasn't enough. I'll tell you this. I like that deal better than I like something like, I don't know, Bradley Beal, a a very uh, injury risk Brandon Ingram and the fourth overall pick. Boston, you could hold out there. Tatum, Brown, the Memphis pick in a couple of years, another pick, which would be 14 maybe this year. I like that deal better. There are a multitude of offers that I like better that don't involve Bradley Beal as the centerpiece. Just don't like it. I don't like it. I know we have a lot of people listening and a lot of my colleagues listening going, man, Seth, I love it. What are you talking about? You're you're a knucklehead. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Let's go to Johnny in Mobile. What's going on, Johnny? Hey, how you doing this evening? I'm good, man. What's up? Man, thanks for talking about the Pelicans. I wait all day to listen to you talk about them. You don't hear, we don't hear enough about them. But, uh, thanks, man. I'm yeah. Um, about the, the point guard position, that seems like the, the position that we really need somebody that would lead the team. And uh, I really don't see any of these trades getting a big point guard out of anything. You know, uh, Bill, he's not a point guard. Nope. And, Maybe smart from Boston, but, you know, we need somebody that could put Holiday in the two position and kind of run the show, and I just don't see it. What do you think about that? Yeah, that, that's going to be the preferred um, the preferred trade return would be to get a point guard in here so Drew can play the two. Now, Marcus Smart has played point guard for Boston, but he's transitioned over to the the two spot because of Rozier up there. I I I don't exactly know who you're going to get back as, as that would come in here from a point guard perspective. That everybody would be say, "Boy, this guy could be the, the point guard of the future." Here, the only guy that is even a and I don't even think it's a possibility anymore. Even though I was writing about it and kind of pumping it up that maybe they could swing a three way deal and get Ja Morant and the number two pick from Memphis back. I mean, that would be that would be the bonanza that you would you could possibly get the haul for Ja Morant and Zion Williamson. Uh, in here and he had eight years of those guys alongside everything else you have I agree preferably you'd like to have Drew play the two play a little defense play the off guard spot and have a true facilitator at the one that is one of the toughest positions to find in all of basketball 
is a guy who can lock down that spot, the point guard spot, for a long time for a franchise. Those guys are very few and far between. It's one of the reasons why Chris Paul is a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer because he's been doing that, what, for 13 years now? Is that right? 13 years? Maybe I have a little long. 11 years with CP3. Yeah, unless you're talking about a guy like, I don't know, Dennis Smith Jr. from from New York, but I mean, it's, I'm not too excited about Dennis Smith Jr. Not like he excited me. As far as a piece, if we get something like that, and I say we, I really try to refrain from that word. Bad, Seth. Uh, if the Pelicans get back a piece like Dennis Smith Jr. as uh, not the centerpiece, but an additional piece, sure. Boy, this is going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch. I- I'm curious, who do you think? What What trade package do you want to see? Because we're just spitballing here. I don't have any sources that are telling me exactly what's coming. Neither does anybody in this market from what I've seen. It's really fun to debate all this. We're hearing whispers about what the Pelicans want, what the the Celtics are willing to give up. Right now, the Celtics are holding firm that they will not go Tatum, Brown, and multiple picks. Will they come off of that? I don't know. The Lakers are holding firm that they will not go Ball, Ingram, and Kuzma and picks, although that was the deal that they were getting ready to give up coming at the trade deadline. And I just had this conversation with Eric Asher on his television show tonight. I don't know. The Lakers seem to be flailing and desperate here. Because just a couple of months ago, they were ready to offer all those pieces to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis. And now that the Pelicans have more leverage because they have the Boston Celtics involved in these conversations, the Celtics could not be at the trade deadline. The Lakers are acting like they have all the leverage here. They are desperate. It is really fun to watch all the reaction nationally from the outside looking into this. That, And I'm talking about the objective analysis that looks over to Los Angeles and go, does Rob Polinka really know what he's doing here? Is LeBron James pulling all the strings? Because they seem to be overplaying their hand. They seem to think, Los Angeles, the Lakers do, that they hold all the chips here. And they get to shuffle everything around the board and decide exactly what package that works best for them. They're looking a little foolish. I defended Rich Paul yesterday saying, I get the leverage play that he made in Sports Illustrated as an agent. If I'm a player and I got an agent doing that, and if I'm Anthony Davis and I really do want to get to L.A. or New York, I love my agent doing that. Now, we don't have a lot of love for Rich Paul here because he seems to have a real disdain for the city and the franchise. And I think he's being overly petty towards the franchise and the city. It's going to be fun to watch. I don't know when it's going to break. I might break tonight, although they're probably not going to do it when the NBA Finals are going on. 33-32, Golden State within one point, eight seconds left in the first quarter. Let's squeeze in one more call. Carl in Covington, what's going on? Hey, Seth, how you doing? I'm good, what's up? I, I think Steph Curry's the best player ever, but anyway, um, getting back to the Pelicans. He might be top five in, in my book. I think he's the best shooter in, in basketball best history, shooter. whatever league. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, is Zion the best player coming out of the draft, or is he the most popular player? I just, Zion? I'm losing track of it. Yeah. Oh, no, he's the best player, Carl. There, there's no doubt. We have not seen a talent like him from a physical standpoint come into the league since LeBron James. We, we just haven't. I, it's And I'm somebody, if you listen to my show long enough, right, big part of my, my deal here is I like to push back on things that are getting overhyped. 
Like I'm pushing back on Jared Cook out at Saints camp, but I because I think, well, let's hold on here. This guy's going to be a pro, uh, a, an all-pro kind of tight end. He hasn't shown that in his career. Acting like he's the second coming of Jimmy Graham, I don't know. I, It's not hype with Zion Williamson. It's reality. He is that good, and he's as much of a sure thing as we've seen in the NBA coming in since LeBron James. Good question, though. Thanks, Carl. we got to go to break. When we come back, Nathan Brown of The Advocate is going to join us to talk some Saints and some Pelicans for The Advocate. Here's a text from the 504. No deal for Beal. Keep the cold water on it. Yeah, I am, until it actually breaks, and then we'll probably see Bradley Beal in a Pelicans uniform. Start of the second quarter, Raptors 34, Warriors 32. What a first quarter by Kyle Lowry. That was something to behold. 15 points, 5 of 6 shooting, a perfect 4 of 4. From the three-point line, beyond the three-point line, and he just nailed a couple of three throws here. So 17 points in 12 and a half minutes for Kyle Lowry. Wow. Keep watching the NBA Finals for you tonight. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll, where does Anthony Davis get traded? Lakers, Celtics, Knicks, Nets, somewhere else. You tell us what you predict, WWL.com, radio.com at. Let's go ahead and bring on in Nathan Brown, who covers – the Pelicans and the Saints for the Advocate at N Brown Advocate, and we're just going to be talking about Pelicans, maybe a little NBA Finals here. Nathan, what's going on tonight? I'm doing well, Seth. How are you doing? Look, I'm great. Uh, looks like the Raptors are doing pretty well, right? 17 points from Lowry. Uh, that was that was one of the most impressive first quarters I can remember in the Finals, man. Yeah, I, I was uh, watching. I saw some stat on Twitter that mentioned that he was the uh, fastest in a Finals game, I think, to get to double digits uh, in Finals history. So. Watching a, a what could be a historical performance and something that the Raptors, I think, definitely need in order to uh, have a shot to pull this out tonight. No doubt. All right, Nathan. I feel like I am the only one, and I tweeted this out today, who is not in the let's get Anthony. Uh, it's going to be Bradley Beal camp uh, here in this trade package with Anthony Davis. Are you are you pro Beal? Are you anti Beal? Where you stand here? Because that's that's the hot topic today. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see. He's definitely, I think, at least maybe the most proven commodity as far as names that have come up. Um, you know, when you're talking about some of these trade packages, um, the Lakers and the Celtics, as far as players that are both on their teams, have a lot of these young guys that um, maybe are tracking to have good careers, but he's at least one of, if not the first name, that's really consistently come up as far as a player who's done it time and time, uh, again, for at least a handful of seasons. So it. It could work out. Um, I'm still not sure if that's going to be the route that they're going to take or not, but it would certainly be uh, an interesting move and, and more along the lines of playing into that potential current all-star capability that we've heard for the last couple of days. What are we hearing today from the Lakers and, and the Celtics in regard to the packages that they might be willing to send back to the Pelicans for AD? Well, um, today was almost abnormally quiet, at least um, compared to yesterday when it seemed like leaks were coming out about every couple hours. But um, where we left off yesterday was that the Lakers, um, I believe, were including potentially Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, um, and the number four pick, and would likely include you know some sort of that three-team deal type package that might include a, a Bradley Beal, for example. We haven't heard exactly, uh, I don't believe, about what the Celtics are including. I think a lot of people believe right now that the reason we didn't hear much today is that we're kind of on a standstill while these two teams play chicken, kind of waiting for someone to add another piece to the puzzle that 
I believe the Pelicans are probably going to want from either squad uh, in order to pull this off with one of these teams. Does it smack a desperation to you from Rich Paul and the Lakers? I mean, that was the power play of all power plays, him going to SI and dropping that bomb yesterday. That was their ace in the hole. I don't think they have a bigger leverage play than that, Nathan. Is it, does it look a little desperate to you like it does to me? Well, the thing I will point out, and because I've heard you know a lot of people talk about that, that interview actually took place back in March. So it's a bit removed from the actual, uh, you know, today's circumstances. Obviously at that point in the Pelicans timeline, Dell Dunst had been fired right before the all-star break. The Pelicans didn't at that point have uh, David Griffin hired. We were still kind of in the midst of the whole, how much is Anthony Davis going to play the, the rest of the season saga. Um, but I would say, I mean, look, he, he uh, certainly used the media to his advantage once again. Um, and it will be interesting to see how a lot of that plays out. I know we've heard Danny Ainge talk uh, on multiple occasions. The Celtics GM say that they're not going to be deterred uh, from taking some risks this offseason uh, and certainly uh, going out and trying to get Anthony Davis and giving away a lot of their young assets would be so if you read that SI article and see Rich Paul talking about the fact that Anthony Davis is almost a definite one-year rental for them. It's Nathan Brown of The Advocate here on The Last Lap. You can follow him on Twitter at nbrownadvocate. With the Celtics, it seems like that we're kind of waiting to see, and you, you said they're playing a little game of chicken here uh, with all these franchises. It seems like we're waiting to see if they will include Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and at least a couple of first-round picks there. Do you think, is, is am I reading that right, and do you think that the Celtics will will come off that horse and and we'll see a deal get done um my guess right now is that i mean obviously when you go into a trade like this and you know um you know that there are other parties involved you don't necessarily just offer you know offer to sell the entire farm right away so my guess is um if i had to take a guess that maybe right now they aren't offering tatum and maybe they're offering jalen brown and marcus smart uh and a you know maybe a pick or two in the Pelicans are potentially uh, trying to get Tatum in the into the trade, and right now they're just uh, just kind of biding their time. The thing, of course, to keep in mind with the Celtics is that no trade with them would be able to become officially official as far as pen to paper until the free agency starts because of the intricacies of both ADs and Kyrie Irving's contracts. Um, so if they happened to get draft picks from Boston back in that deal and they were to agree to that before the NBA draft and those would kind of be a, a wink wink uh, draft selections for the Pelicans if they were to send those to New Orleans are there any uh, in any sort of trades any surprise destinations we could see Anthony Davis actually wind up in other than the four we've talked about for months the Lakers Celtics Knicks and Nets I think as long the longer that this draws on um i think that you you know there's always the potential of a team like a you know portland trailblazers that kind of finds themselves in the midst of you know kind of being in the mix in the western conference but not quite having what they need to get over the hump to be to be a truly elite team um you know a lot of people have been talking about with the salary cap increasing this free agency that a lot of teams have um have the money to pay for a, a max contract type player, but there just aren't that many talents like that in the league. And so if David Griffin does 
decide to hold on to Anthony Davis as we can get into mid-July and some of these teams strike out on a big-name free agent, they might start trying to put together a package uh, and make a go at him and maybe a team that we haven't thought about or considered or heard much about over these last couple weeks and months. Nathan, did you make a pick in this game tonight? Um, I did not. Uh, I think the I still have been waffling back and forth. It's hard to imagine the type of history that the Warriors have had playing at Oracle over the last several years during their title run. It's hard to imagine them losing all three games at home in a, the span of a finals series. But um, obviously if the Warriors or if the, the Raptors win tonight, that would be what would happen. Um, I still feel like the way these teams are constructed without Kevin Durant, I think you have to say that the Raptors are probably the better team uh, if you play enough times, but especially if the Warriors are able to find a way to win tonight, once you get into a game seven, as we learned, uh, a couple years ago when Cleveland ended up coming back from their own 3-1 deficit over the Warriors, that anything can happen in the game seven. Yeah, no doubt, and the Warriors did it to Oklahoma City before that. Nathan Brown mm-hmm. of the Advocates covers the Pelicans and the Saints there. He's on Twitter at nbrownadvocate. Nathan, thank you for your time tonight. Sure thing, thanks. All right, there he goes. And right now, Warriors scrapping and clawing back in this one. 43-38, Raptors leading the Warriors 8-12. They're in a break in the first quarter. If you're on the phone lines, hang on. We also got a couple of lines open for you. You want to talk NBA, AD, Pelicans trade? Give us a call, 504-260-1870. That's 504-260-1870. And the text line's open at 870-870. I'm Seth Dunlap. Logan's behind the glass tonight. It's the last lap on WWL. Got another great one in the NBA Finals. Game number six. Toronto leading the series 3-2. to two. They lead the game 43-40 to 40, midway through the second quarter. Let's go to the phone lines. We're talking Anthony Davis trade possibilities. Larry in Houston. What's going on tonight, Larry? Hey, how's it going, Seth? Thanks for taking my call. I'm you glad you're making these people understand that they're thinking that one trade going to bring them to the playoffs. That's not going to happen. Build for the future. I, I'm with you. You know, you know this stuff here, to me, the best thing to do, if they're going to deal with Boston, because Boston knows, Boston not giving up Tatum. Boston last, well, year before last, Boston was a one win from going to the playoff, to the championship. Yes, they were. Without Kyrie and Haywood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They were, you know, not this year, but last year. You're right. They were very close and they had some, you know, they had some issues this year. Kyrie apparently, you know, wasn't the the best teammates. At least that's the report. You're trying to put put all these people up in there. I mean, you're trying to put Hayward back in there, Kyrie. And I mean, it just didn't work. But if you're going to deal with Boston, 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 they might make a deal. Y'all ain't getting Tatum. Now, if I would get anybody from them that I would want, I'd want Rozier. And I want – like, I take Jalen Brown, and I try to get a center from them. Uh, um, Baines. Baines, I think that's his name. Because y'all going to need uh, some help up in the middle. Yeah, I'm not sold. Look, I'm a Washington State Cougar, and Aaron Baines was in college when I was there. Okay, so I have the ultimate love for Aaron Baines. But I do not think that Aaron Baines needs to be part of this trade package. He's a little long in the tooth. And I don't think he's going to fit well here with you know the Zion Williamson flow and the Anthony uh, the Alvin Gentry system. I'll tell you this: I do like Terry Rozier. If that's somebody who's entering his RFA season, and that's what's happening here with Rozier, it's a little more complicated with him. 
No, I, I, I like Rozier involved in a package because he's that point guard and Drew could move over to the two, and he's a relatively young guy. Well, he's still a young guy, but NBA age, relatively young guy. He's going to be 25 next season. Certainly that would appeal to me. That's why Lonzo Ball, even with his dad here, at least appeals to me more than a Bradley Beal because you only have those two years of team control with Bradley Beal. You've got six years of team control left with Lonzo. you got four years of team control left with uh, Terry Rozier. So we'll see. It's a good call, Larry. Warriors back on top now, 44-43. to As far as Tatum goes here, Nathan Brown said this perfectly, something that I've been mentioning on the show. This is typical negotiations, if all the reports are right, between Ainge and between David Griffin. Both of those guys, I would think, know deep down that Tatum has to be involved in a deal if Anthony Davis is going to go up to Boston. They both know that. It's getting to that point that becomes pretty interesting. Again, our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll, where does Anthony Davis get traded? You tell us. Lakers, Celtics, Knicks, Nets, somewhere else. We'll have that poll on the website at WWL.com or the Radio.com app. Next hour, we're going to talk a little Saints, a little Saints minicamp. Jock Doucet of WAFB over in Baton Rouge is going to join the program. We'll keep an eye on these NBA finals and, of course, open lines throughout the show as it is money time here with the Anthony Davis Trade Talks. Right now, we're going to go live over on Facebook, WWL Radio Facebook page. We're going to talk a little Anthony Davis trade talks. And also, I want to remind everybody, in the 10 o'clock hour, we're going to have a fascinating, sensational interview with Robin Fambro. I talked to her earlier tonight. We taped it. We're going to play it at 10.32, talking about the LHSAA possibly ending the split and also what they're going to do with their championships next year. But right now, Facebook Live. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.